podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely, 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 lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not much, not much. I, I'm happy to be back. I, I'm happy about all the lovelies. And I have to say, of all the things that I predicted about my 2017, competing with an air horn would not be <laughs> among them. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. It's happening. It's happening. The late round podcast. It features me and an air horn. <laughs> the air horn is so out of control. I love it. It, it needs. Just, it needs I'm, to be. Well, I I went to Fiverr for that intro, and I was like, dude, I need a fire intro. And what what really inspired like to do that was the one. I I wish I had his handle to 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 promote him. Mm-hmm. But he made the fire intro for Living the Stream that we've played many times on the show, mm-hmm. and. I, I thought to myself, this guy has an air horn that he put in our Living the Stream intro. I would just love an air horn intro all the time. And then throughout the show, when something crazy happens, I just drop the air horn in and it makes per- it's perfect. I know. No, it really is. It gets me pumped up. And then like in the middle of the podcast, if if you play then, it, it actually makes me fall out of my chair because right. it's just, it's <laughs> yeah, just right. shocking. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's the point is to make people uh, hurt their heads while they're yeah. in the in their office chairs. And uh, I want to say that your pod, your solo podcast is very good. Um, I also want to say that the rumors of uh, us hating each other are at least blown out of proportion. I have to say. Because no, they're, they're that, blown I out see, of proportion. It's they're, in my mentions. It's in my mentions constantly. And I, I just have to say, I just have to put that to rest right now. One of the that that's honestly been guys the worst part of doing this podcast, the late <laughs> round podcast, is that I have to. Well, first of all, Denny, it sucks not doing it with you, but <laughs> because there's nothing, there's nothing quite like doing a podcast with with Denny C D Carter, <laughs> thirteen. Yeah, I have to say though that the, the your your air horns uh, takes are probably more reasonable than mine. yeah that's the thing like the air horn comes out because i talk about something like the the first air horn drop on the show when it was not the intro was when i mentioned that the cowboys drafted ezekiel elliott to help their defense right (laughs) and so after that i just dropped the air horn but i'm saying these things and like sometimes i'll drop it with like a hot take or something like that but my hot takes aren't hot we know that if we were to make this podcast we were to use the air horn drop on this podcast denny when you talked it would just be a constant air horn because of your fire. Mm. <laughs> it would just it would just be air horn, air horn, air because you just spit fire. But seriously, the worst part has been people thinking that number one, this podcast is going away. And number two, that the w- mommy and daddy are fighting. Uh, well, what? How? How does that make any sense? I, I, it do, it doesn't at all. It's not like it's not like you got another partner. I mean, right? You know. Well, no, and it's like it's like clearly you can do something it's like it's like if you go you went out to dinner with someone every day for a week 
And then all of a sudden you go out to dinner again and you're not with that someone. And they're like, you can't eat dinner. Why are you eating dinner? You're not with that person. Yeah. I look, did I scream into my pillow for three episodes? Yes. But you know, <laughs> that was, that was just a natural emotional reaction on my part. Sure. Sure. Of course. How, how, how else has everything been going? Cause we haven't podcast since March, Denny. I, it is. No, you know what? And it, everything's, everything's good on on my end i i like this spaced out situation because of what this podcast is about uh and uh so you if if the 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 real hardcore types the the draft nicks and people really into the draft want to listen to your very good solid takes on the draft then you know where to go solo pod but you know if you want a roundup of values that we see and you know, long-term kind of things that we're talking about today, then, you know, then I think that this is a good platform for, yeah. for, for, for that sort of stuff. And I don't know when the next show will be, but it, it won't be next week. I'm sorry, folks. It won't be next week. Yeah. We're not quite to weekly yet, but you're right. I mean, first of all, Denny, I'm part of draft Twitter now that, that, I, that happened. That happened over the I've, off season. I've come, I've come to, I've come to grips with it. I, I'm seeing a counselor twice a week, really talking it out, <laughs> but. But that that happened this year, but I, it's been fun though. I've en- I've enjoyed it a lot. You know what happened to me over this next over the last two months that we haven't been podcasting, Denny? I I watched The Wire. You did. You finally watched the greatest show ever made by humans. I watched The Wire. What a great show that was, man! Great I mean, show. so good. I I see. You know the 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 stuff on Twitter about Breaking Bad is better than. The wire. This is out of control. It's ludicrous. It. I mean, not only does it hurt my feelings personally, it it offends me deeply. Like it would be like if I was a very religious person and you offended my <laughs> offended my holy book. But that, the that, wire. that's like, you know that that's what that's how I feel when someone says Breaking Bad, which I hate, is better than The Wire. I'll say this: there's a perfect way to recap it because I agree with it. I I not necessarily with you, but it the tweet that I'm about to talk about. I think Breaking Bad was more entertaining, okay? But I think The Wire exponentially was more impactful as as a societal yeah. show. I mean, it yeah. was ins- it's insane how real because you know it's completely realistic and you know that these things happen and it's just mind blowing. Yeah, it, it's it's gritty. Uh, it it at least feels real. I mean, I it's been a long time since I've grown up in. Are you describing? Are you describing Danny? Are you describing Danny Woodhead right now? I, I that it's as gritty as a white running back. Uh, <laughs> I I have to say, um, uh, but I I compare it to, and this is a, a comp that uh, I'm going to try to keep short. But the the comp for me is the wire is all encompassing in its. And it's, you know, commentary on society, kind of like Dark Side of the Moon is from Pink Floyd. It just it just covers everything. It just covers like humanity's failings, basically. Uh, and so when the when the aliens come and discover the wreckage of humanity in 10,000 years, they'll watch The Wire and they'll say, oh, I think I understand what happened here. Yeah, I mean, they're going to watch The Wire. Yeah, exactly. They're going to they're going to get it. They're They're going to yeah. totally understand it. Um, all right, Denny. Well, today on the podcast, we are doing, we are going to talk about football and we're going to talk about draft winners and losers because everything 
stemming from the draft, there's always winners, there's always losers. From a fantasy perspective, we're not looking at teams. We don't. I'm not. I'm not we're not going to be here handing out these grades of of drafts. Okay, that's <laughs> not that's not how this works. I don't grade drafts. I don't right. do that. I leave that to people who, a know everything about every position like Evan Silva or B people who think that they know a lot more than they actually do, which is not an Evan Silva. Evan Silva actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. But when I was laughing about draft grades, it wasn't that no, nobody should dra- should grade drafts. It's the, the, the idea of me doing that. That's what I was laughing about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the idea of me doing that is stupid too. I only, I would, I would be talking to friends and they'd be like, Oh, who should, who should the, uh, who should yeah. my Packers draft? Who, who should my, my Panthers draft? And I'm like, I'll tell you exact everything you need to know about wide receivers and running backs, but my God, I don't know things about cornerbacks. Are you serious? Like, right. why would I, I don't know? I don't know about things about offensive linemen. That's not what do I'm supposed to do. This, yeah, you think this left tackle can convert to right tackle? <laughs> yeah, right. I have no idea what I'd be looking for for that kind of stuff, but I know what I'm looking for with running backs and wide receivers and stuff. So we're going to talk about winners and losers. We're going to each give two of of each a winner and loser. And we did talk before the show, and we made sure that we're not giving the same winner, same winners and losers, because that would not be a that would not be good podcasting. It would not not be good television. So, Denny, kick it off. Give us a winner that stemmed from the NFL draft. A winner, uh, one you know, winner that jumps out. I think not just to me, but to you and to many many of the people, as as our president would say, uh, is uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, Mary Goda actually is yes. uh as far as the show goes as concerned can i can i say uh, something really quick last year or two years ago it was incredibly hot when you said it but you <laughs> said that you would rather start a franchise with marcus Mariota instead of andrew luck and i looked at you like like i hate like people who listen to the show know that i don't <laughs> like andrew luck and even i was like oh my god daddy like my my computer started yeah. smoking my chair lit in flames it was it was crazy but like it's not that inconceivable anymore i mean they are in the same tier for the most part i believe they are and when i said that i remember saying that and then looking at you like what have i done <laughs> <laughs> what, have I, what have i said but then i was like no i'm sticking with it no that's that's more reasonable than people would <laughs> take it at face value all right so uh, the titans get Corey davis who is your boy if I, oh, yeah. if I, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Uh, six three two thirteen. Now the Titans' biggest wide receiver on, you know, by both height and weight. Um, you wrote in number five. I think you summed it up nicely. It said, um, you said it, he hits on every market share metric, including reception market share, yardage market share, and touchdown share, which is uh, he had fifty seven point five eight percent college, which is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, very high. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Very good. Um, so there's no, I mean, Richard Matthews led all Titans receivers last year in targets per game with 6.8. Uh, th- that ranked 43rd in the league, just to give you some frame of reference. Uh, that's low. I don't think that there are any clear-cut wide receiver ones in the conversation, except perhaps for this rookie. So, uh, you know, you you know, you throw him in into the offense and you see Mariota was QB seven when he went down to injury last year. Um, and that was with him throwing a touchdown on 5.8% of his attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for context, uh, Drew Brees threw a touchdown on 5.7% mm-hmm. of his throws last year. So that's uh, not bad. Uh, and then finally, um, I noticed, you know, just for Mariota's ADP, 
uh, right now is QB10, which I sort of think is a uh, is is a deal, especially when he gets this bump. Um, and he had some of the best, uh, I, I believe, some of the best uh, protection last year from his mm. offensive line, which is supposed to stick for, for this year. There are no major changes there. Uh, so he's going QB 10. He's going in the 10th round, uh, uh, ninth round of uh, MFL 10s. Uh, so, you know, his and he's not and he's not uh, the best thing about his protection last year is he wasn't propped up by some unsustainable, ridiculous number of rushing yards or touchdowns. He averaged 24.9 rushing yards on 4.3 attempts last year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not insignificant. Don't get me wrong. But it's, uh, I, th- I believe, you know, it's not, it, it is repeatable as well. So I think he gets, I think he gets a bump. I think he's a kind of a crazy value at QB10 at the moment. Yeah, and they also got another guy that I like a lot, Taewon Taylor, who can play in the slot, who could, pl- who could <laughs> easily replace a Kendall Wright type player. Um, and T- Taylor was someone who was a fringe top five guy for me, like in the draft at wide. Re- I mean, it's a bad wide receiver class, but. He's a good he's a good slot guy, and so that's another addition for him. You know, you mentioned the touchdown rate thing, which will segue nicely into the next guy I want to talk about. But the touchdown rate thing, you know, I always look for that for those fluctuations because they will mm-hmm. fluctuate year to year. But what Marcus Mariota has shown us through his first two years is that he's just good. So his touchdown rate is above the the norm in the league. Yeah, so, it was five point one percent in twenty fifteen. Right. right. So, so to that point, I mean, Marcus Mariota is just good and you're go- he's, he's very, very efficient. They have a good offensive line, good running game that all plays into that efficiency as well. The guy I want to talk about as another winner is another quarterback. That's Andy Dalton. Um, like I said, uh, the touchdown rate with Dalton is very, very interesting. Two years ago, do you remember two years ago when Andy Dalton was like a fringe MVP guy? Like well, he was QB three and yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like before he went down to that, like finger injury, mm-hmm. he was legitimately like the most efficient quarterback in the NFL that season. Like he, he was, yeah. he was an MVP candidate that year. And until, you know, not, he, he slowed down a little bit and then Cam Newton went, started going ham, which is why mm-hmm. Dalton wasn't even remotely in the conversation. That was when like Carson Palmer was doing his thing and stuff. Yeah. But Andy Dalton that season finished with a six and a half percent touchdown rate, which is far, far higher than the about four and a half percent average that you see throughout the league. And then because, and he threw 25 touchdowns in in 13 games that year. Uh, And then this past year, it drops down to 3.2%, which is abysmal. Uh, It's it's, it's a terrible touchdown rate. Because again, you see this, talk about it a lot. You see this boomerang effect where some guys, as long as, you know, especially with Dalton, you have a big sample size. Mariota, we know he's just good. Aaron Rodgers, he's just good. His touchdown rate is high. But a guy like Andy Dalton, it'll boomerang kind of back and forth if he's far above that mean or far lower than that mean because that's the way that math works. So you add in the fact that he's going to see positive regression naturally already. And mm-hmm. then they go out and draft Joe Mixon at running back. More importantly, they go and draft John Ross at wide receiver who's going to be able to stretch the field. That's a big upgrade probably mm-hmm. from Brandon LaFell. Then you put Tyler Boyd in the slot – you have Tyler Eifert at tight end, and then you have a healthy A.J. Green. Their offensive line took a hit this offseason, but my God, he has so many weapons in that offense. I mean, yeah. like it's, it's, it's out of control. If Joe Mixon hits the ceiling that people think he can hit, <laughs> then Andy Dalton is in a very, very, very good spot. Yeah, I mean, with, the, with any kind of bounce back from 
you know, from the the the, the touchdown rate that he had last year. Sure, definitely. I I meant to mention about Mariota. If I could just add one more thing. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that kind of caught my attention was his win loss splits are kind of terrifying. Um, he averages 17 points in losses, 17 fantasy points, and 28 fantasy points in wins. Um, I guess the good thing about the Titans' projected Vegas win total for 2017 is that they're projected for nine wins. Only only seven teams are projected to win more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like they're not going to be uh, terrible. Uh, but that win-loss split um, was was something that caught my attention as a, a possible caveat for um, for the the Mariota propaganda here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who else you got as a winner? Um, well, I don't know who exactly on in Baltimore's wide receiving core, but I'm going to say basically Brashad Perryman and Mike Mike Wallace, who yeah. are going in the in the same exact range right now in drafts, and and this will change. Well, maybe not for these two guys. I don't know. What do you think? Perryman's going at wide receiver 56 and Wallace at wide receiver 58. What do it you, might. You think it, well, here's the thing. It might rise, but what were people thinking before the draft? Like they, yeah. they, they had to, I guess that there was like the Corey Dave, maybe Corey Davis or Mike Williams fell to the Ravens or something at 16. But like, like the, to, to think that that was automatic to drop those ADPs yeah. that far seems really crazy to me. You right. know, like, like, like the impact the draft could have should not rise or the lack of drafting a player should not rise these players up 20 spots. Just on a guess. On a guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, long story short, these two guys will, you know, probably or maybe certainly benefit from from volume. Uh, no one dropped back to pass more than Joe Flacco last year, and he only played 14 games, which is amazing. Um <laughs> And uh, I mean, they were abysmal. They they could barely barely a top twelve uh, passing team as far as yardage per game uh, through the air, despite throwing more passes than anybody else in the league. Um, Baltimore receivers saw 322 targets last year, and as you know, Steve Smith, my father, is gone, <laughs> and <laughs> rest in peace. And so is Kamar Aiken. Uh, so, you know, the opportunity is there. I I think. You're looking at two guys who be barring injury and, you know, with Perryman, you know, let us pray. Uh, but we're looking at two guys who are going to see over 100 targets. I mean, Steve Smith and Mike Wallace had over 100 targets last year. Yeah. Both of them. Uh, and so, that, I mean, that's cheap. That's really cheap uh, a target volume. And as you were talking about on Twitter tonight, uh, volume matters. Volume volume certainly does matter. It matters for the guy that I think also won due to his team not drafting anyone, and that was Amir Abdullah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought for sure the Lions were going to draft. Pro- I thought they were going to draft a running back in the first three rounds, potentially. Uh, but they did not do that. They didn't draft a running back, which means they're going into the season maybe with an, another veteran that they signed. I think Matt Asiato was looking to sign there. Maybe I saw a report earlier today, but... They have Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah, and Zach Zenner. Um, so you have, you know, it makes sense. You have three guys where Zach Zenner plays a short yardage role, goal line role potentially. Theo Riddick, we know what he does, is more of a scat back. And then Abdullah is just kind of in the middle. Um, I, you know, if you look at his ADP, it's in like the Matt Forte range right now. And that doesn't make any sense to me because, especially now, because you have a easily potential 200 carry, 50 target back 
in an offense that's going to be probably above average, I would mm-hmm. I would say or hope so, especially with my boy Kenny Kenny Galladay over there in the in the X spot. But uh, he's he's going in that seventh round range. I, I would assume it would rise a little bit without them drafting a running back. Um, I think that he could be that 200 carry type back, and if he sees some goal line touches, he's going to be he could he could be an RB two in fantasy. There's there's that possibility, maybe a lower end guy, but. I think that he's a clear winner because they didn't draft anyone. Uh, if you look at last season, we have a really limited sample. We only played one full game, but in that game, he had 12 carries and five targets in that in that single game against Indianapolis. Not a bad volume stat line to to kind of carry on over into this next season if they want to use him similarly to that. And, and I could see them doing that. Maybe, like, like I said, 50 targets is not that crazy to think. 60 targets, even with the Riddick there. So um, they've already come out and said that Amir Abdullah is the guy in the offense. Like I said, I think the offense is at least going to be average. Uh, they can move the ball downfield. Uh, um, and and I, I do like the combination that they have with, well, mostly because they're not necessarily, they, they, they didn't go out and get a running back. Mm-hmm. I, I like that they didn't invest in one because they're sitting there and they're saying, we have a guy who could potentially play some early downs with Abdullah, a short mm-hmm. yardage guy in center, and then a great specialist pass, or catching the ball in theoretic. And if Amir Abdullah is completely healthy all season long, you have to believe that theoretic is not going to continue to do what he did last season. You can't assume that the guy that maintains volume in this offense is theoretic. You have to assume that Amir Abdullah is jumping in and he's the guy that you would really want to own in this offense. Yes, I agree. And, and I want to ask real quick, um, are you going to get the local police to guard you against Zenner truthers? I know, man. It's that's is it? true. Cause, it's gonna because they're they might be mad online. They're they're they're, they're gonna come after me hard. But yes, yes, I do. I do like Amir Abdullah more than Zach Zenner this year. Okay. Um. So we're gonna skip to guys who who took lost. A hit. Yeah. Yeah. Who this lost. is more. I feel like this is more important with the draft. Right, I I do too. Um, so we're going to talk about the the losers and the haters, of whom there are many. Um, <laughs> after the draft, I love that line so much. I, just, I can't. I literally can't stop saying it. Um, do you mind if I start? Do it, man. I'll start. And you should just blow the air horn right now because I'm just messing this up right now. This transition is a debacle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Spencer Ware, uh, who was. You know, a really solid grab last year. I had him in a few spots. I had him in our Apex League. I was pretty happy about that for a while. Um, but uh, I believe, and 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 you believe, according to your Twitter timeline, that um, he is a draft loser uh, in in part, or at least in large part, because of Kareem Hunt going in the third round to KC, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you you mentioned that his production profile um, is very strong. He had 58% of his team's rushing yards. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm lost here. Uh, and you had Hunt over Mixon. Yeah, so my the, my model actually spit out Hunt ahead of Mixon. Now, you know, some of that had to do with the fact that Mixon, you know, as, as much of a ceiling Mixon has, he was in a backfield with Samaj P. Ryan. So his market share numbers weren't nearly as strong and market share matters to a degree. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big deal uh, within the model, especially. So 
at Kareem Hunt, given his landing, just get, like the equity wasn't dramatically different between him and Joe Mixon where they were drafted. Uh, it just spit out Kareem Hunt as higher. Mm-hmm. I, I would still say Joe Mixon's a better running back, but you know the fact that it at least says this about Kareem Hunt says something. I yes, and and getting and getting back to where I his workload last year was uh, a lot. Uh, smaller than I thought just at first glance, 15.2 carries per game and 2.3 targets per game. Um, I looked at to see if, if he benefited from when Kansas City saw negative game script, uh, if he benefited in the passing game, and his targets per game only ticked up to 3.1 um, and, uh, in, in those circumstances. So he didn't really necessarily benefit uh, from that. He had one 100 rushing yard performance uh, in 2016, week five against Oakland. And here, here is just, if I could run down, this is my favorite thing to do. Of course, uh, uh, where's rushing yard totals from week eight to 14. Okay. And, and notice that some of them are very nice. 61, <laughs> 69, nice. 64, 25, 56, 69. Nice. And you know what I'm saying? And 62. So, uh, you know, I mean, not exactly blowing it out of the water. Where, where's going at RB17 right now, right after Dalvin Cook and just before Tevin Coleman? I don't think it's absurd, but um, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I can take him there. And I think that he will, he will rise, probably rise in, in, in when the summer comes. Um, so, I don't think, I don't think I'm gonna have much of him. Yeah, uh, it's worrisome. I think people assume that Spencer Ware is going to continue to have the same kind of volume that he did last year and that this is more of a hit on Charkandrick West. Um, But I think if this was a fifth rounder, I would feel like maybe like that. But the fact Mm -hmm. that they spent a third round pick on Kareem Hunt, they traded up to get Kareem Hunt. That, That tells me that they like this guy. They want this guy. I would expect... Spencer Ware to start out the season, he'd be a really good sell high candidate, and then Kareem Hunt kind of come in and, and take a bigger role in the offense. And in fantasy, you always, always want Andy Reid's preferred running back. Oh, yes, always. yes, exactly. Uh, the guy who probably one of the more obvious fantasy assets that took a hit this this week was Latavius Murray. Um, you know, I, I want I want to say something though about this whole situation because I think it's easy to misunderstand it. Uh, You have Latavius Murray, who any, really anyone, no one thinks that Latavius Murray is that good. I know that you like, like you liked him last year, but you liked him because of the opportunity and the upside, which you, you nailed. Like he, he scored a lot of touchdowns and he saw a decent market share, decent enough market share. And so, but with Latavius Murray, we know that he's been ineffective. He was the least effective running back in that Oakland backfield last season too, too small of a sample size for other running backs two years ago to really have uh, any sort of conclusion to be drawn. Um, but he goes over to Minnesota. They then draft Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, the consensus number three running back in this draft. So everyone sits here and they say, oh, well, Dalvin Cook is just going to be the lead back in this offense. And Latavius Murray is now completely irrelevant in fantasy. So this 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 fact that I'm throwing Latavius Murray out there as a loser is the least surprising thing in the world. But, but, curveball, Denny. Okay. I, don't, I don't think that Latavius Murray is so, so dead the way that some other people think. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray being in that backfield still matters, and it really is going to hurt Dalvin Cook this year because I believe 
that they are still going to use Latavius Murray not only in in some early down situations, but maybe close to the goal line too. And if that's the case, it just makes this backfield completely irrelevant in fantasy football. And then the other thing too, you have to look at, they got Latavius Murray early in the free agency process. He was one of the first running backs that signed. He signed a decent one year, the, the first year, which was over $5 million is guaranteed, which is good for a running back. And then he signed a three-year deal, which they can cut him after this year. I get it, but still shows some sort of, of, of want from and desire from that Vikings front office. So mm-hmm. to me, I think that, you know, we're, we're looking, this is the other thing too. People are looking at this from the standpoint, like I said, of like talent versus the untalented and, and, and Dalvin cook as the talented guy, Latavius Murray as the not talented guy. First of all, you don't know that because players bust, but second of all, sure. If we make that assumption, this is probably then the worst spot for this to happen because we literally last season saw Matt Asiata get carries in a backfield with a far superior talented running back in Jarek McKinnon. So what does that tell you? It tells you that they don't care about what we think is talented. They don't care. They don't care. So to think that Latavius Murray is going to disappear and sit on the bench this whole season, I think is wrong. I think that Latavius Murray could still be a 150 carry guy. And if that's the case, Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray are probably not going to be strong fantasy assets. I I, I often have a uh, Dick Cheney-esque response to when people say, but he's so talented. And yeah. my response would be, so? Yeah, right. Like, like this is the one position where it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, I mean, just so. Like, I mean, have we net? So we've, so in fantasy, only extremely talented running backs excel? No, that's, that, <laughs> we know that's not true. <laughs> yeah, Every it doesn't year, happen. there are total, like, athletic duds, like guys who just, like, stumble across the line and, you know, into the end zone once a game who, who you know prove a value? So it doesn't. It's just the the talent. The talent will rise to the top. To me, is one of the worst arguments in fantasy. Guys, Rob Kelly. Rob Kelly was fantasy relevant last year. It, Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob Kelly. Have you looked at? He ran a. He ran a four seven three forty. Rob he's, Kelly did. He's literally called Fat Rob. He he is he is quite literally. I, I, I joke about this all the time, but he is a dad on the field. Rob Kelly, you could replace him with a dude who's painting his fence down the street, and he's Rob Kelly. It's the same person. He just has longer hair. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, head, the headlines when it was like, uh, what's the new Washington running back's name? Oh, Samaj uh, Piran. Piran, okay. Yeah, they were like, P. Ryan to challenge Kelly. Well, yes, yes. Any yes. any literal any running back on earth who was brought to Washington was going to challenge Fat Rob. Yeah, you like someone could go to the Washington coaches and they like an interview for the running back job, and they'd say, "Hey, are you breathing today? Yeah, I'm breathing today. All right, you got a job. You're going to compete for the job with Rob Kelly. That's 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 the Washington backfield right now. The Washington backfield is so so bad. That's why everyone was so excited. Like. Literally, whoever they drafted, whatever running back they drafted, they ended up getting Pirine, who split carries with Joe Mixon, who's not a bad prospect, who, so it's exciting. But if they got, I don't care who they drafted at running back, he was going to get significant carries this year. Exactly. If, if John Riggins came out of retirement again 
and you know suited up for Washington, and they, the headline would say, "Is Reagan's a threat to Fat Rob?" Yes, the yes. answer would be yes. Yes, the answer is yes, affirmative. Yes. Yeah, John Reagan's becomes a zero RB hero. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Rotoviz would be on that article ASAP. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, all right, Denny, give us your last guy, your last loser. Yeah. All right. So I just want to say, first of all, rest in peace to the TJ Yeldon truthers. My thoughts are with you during this difficult time. My family, my family's thoughts are with you. I know it is. It's tough out there. So <clears throat> real quick on Yeldon. Only 10 running backs, only 10 running backs in the whole NFL saw more snaps in 2016 than Yeldon. And That's he finished, crazy. and yeah, I know. And he finished as RB twenty seven, <laughs> RB twenty seven. He almost no one played more snaps, and he was not even used, barely usable in fantasy. And that's in PPR. Okay, here's the the one the one bright side. So okay, obviously, uh, the Jaguars are stupid. They take Fortnet. Is that how you say it? Fortnet. 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 Am I am I complicating this? All right. So uh, so he's <laughs> and and he's listed as the top running back. Um, now, so TJ Yeldon was described as Tom at, by Tom Coughlin today as a, a good third down. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. He caught 50 passes on 60 targets last year. He saw 5.2 targets per game in Jacksonville losses. You can expect more losses this year, by the way. I just Ooh. putting out there. I mean, there's these stink. They'll always stink. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, um, <laughs> sorry. Got, it got Such high. fire. Um, and uh, so he's going at RB 53 right now, which is crazy. Uh, not crazy. It's just so it's just so low. Um, and so, you know, I think that he he actually we talked about this on Twitter, uh, I believe uh, he will be forever the zero RB hero or not hero, but target. Yeah. Yeah. Going forward. And, and the thing with Leonard Fournette is that he's he's has questionable pass blocking. I, I don't know anything about his pass blocking. I just read scouts because I'm not sitting there. I, I don't know what to look for enough with pass blocking mm-hmm. when I'm doing this. I I look at the analytics and I write models and I say, this guy looks good. This guy doesn't. I'm going to go watch him a little bit and mm-hmm. see if like he looks like a competent player. Uh, but when it comes to pass block, like sure, I can tell, but like the difference between a good pass blocker and a bad pass. This is also why pass blocking is a little bit overrated in the NFL, I should say. From, from a running back because the true difference between the best pass blocker in the world to an average one or a below average one, it's not that significant. It's kind of like drops, right? When a wide receiver drops the ball, the difference between the guy who drops the ball the most and the guy who drops the ball an average amount isn't all that significant. It's just that coaches hate it. So they'll take them out of games because they might get the quarterback killed if they miss a right. block or something. So Leonard Fournette, he does have a terrible, not terrible, but a pretty bad reception profile. Like he's, he's, not that great of a receiver. So TJ Yeldon makes sense in those negative game scripts. He could catch a lot of passes still. He could. Uh, I just, I think the, the, I mean, I don't think obviously the days of him uh, being, you know, the de facto early down back there it's over. Yeah. It's totally over, totally over. But I think TJ Yeldon's presence is why Leonard Fournette is going to be overdrafted. Yeah, no, no, that, no, that's a good, see, we can I I can hate TJ Yeldon. Well, at RB fifty three, I don't know if I hate him. But sure, but his but I, his equity. I mean, his stock took a huge hit from. Yeah, I could I could say that his stock took a huge hit while also believing with other with another part of my mind that, that he hurts Fortnite. Right, and it goes back to guys. I I tweeted about this. 
I ranted about it a little bit on Twitter. If a team adds a running back in any way, that running back is going to impact existing running backs on that team almost always. You 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 can't just like take market share numbers out of thin air and just associate them to players and say this guy's going to be completely unaffected. He will be affected. So Leonard Fournette going to Jacksonville, you could argue that there might be other like let's pretend that he went to Washington. Maybe not Washington because Chris Thompson's there, but there are other situations in the NFL where he might have a little bit more upside, especially because we don't know if Jacksonville's offense is even going to be in, have, have scoring opportunities. So Leonard Fournette, as a result of TJ Yeldon's presence, TJ Yeldon's presence matters because he's going to take away some of that receiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last guy I'm going to talk about as a loser is Lamar Miller. Goes back to what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. You add a running back body to a backfield, that running back is not going to see as much opportunity. Bill O'Brien's been saying all offseason that Lamar Miller needs to see fewer touches. So what do they do? They go and they draft Deontay Foreman, who is a big-bodied guy and a freak athlete who can easily take some of that work and be a change of pace, at least at the beginning. And he could also be a potential goal line guy. And that's a little bit scary. Now, the thing is, Deontay Foreman is not a pass catcher at all. Deontay Foreman had like seven catches, I think, this past season. Uh, He had 13 throughout his Texas career, despite running the ball over 300 times uh, during his junior season, which was last year. He honestly, I talked about this on the the late round podcast. He honestly profiles exactly like Andre Williams, Mm. like, like the hype from the fantasy community without member that with Andre Williams. It was, (laughs) Oh, do I ever, that was my favorite thing in the world. It was, it was so real because Andre Williams was a freak. I mean, he, he, he's a monster. If you go Google Andre Williams, I said this before, if you Google Andre Williams, he is a freak of nature. Like he's crazy. Deontay Foreman is, is not unlike that. I mean, he's a very, very big guy who's very strong and ran a, uh, at his pro day, he ran a sub four, five forty at like 230 pounds. He had a crazy speed score. So Deontay Foreman's a really, and they spent a third round draft pick on Foreman. Again, you got to look at how teams are spending. The fact that they spent a third-round draft pick on Deontay Foreman means that they really like Deontay Foreman. And I do think that Lamar Miller now goes from that 200, I think it was a 258 carries last year, even with injury. I think he could be back to kind of that Miami role that he played. But it's in an offense that's probably going to be worse than even what he saw in Miami because they either have Deshaun Watson or Tom Savage throwing passes this year. Man, that that paints a really bleak picture, I have to be honest. You know, I I think his floor is still okay, but I I were you know he had positive regression coming from a touchdown standpoint this year, but now it, it to me it's canceled out because Foreman could take away some of those goal line looks because Foreman's such a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we I mean you think wait are you saying that his quarterback situation is going to be worse this year? Lamar Miller's. Yeah. I don't know about worse, but I don't want to overstate it. Right. You know, I I don't want to think that a that Deshaun Watson's going to be Dak Prescott, you know, or, or even yeah. Tom Savage being like a super, super relevant guy. I, I, I think that it'll help that they have a better quarterback. They'll, they'll be better offensively, but like mm-hmm. you look at that offense and even though there's like playmakers that we like, you know, we love Deandre Hopkins. Will Fuller is a great speed guy. They, they have assets. It's just, I don't, I don't trust the offense that much um, with the quarterback. Yeah. Well, I I want to be uh you know on the Lamar bandwagon again, but you 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 convinced me 
But here, here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. If Lamar Miller's ADP drops significantly yeah. because of Foreman, then I'll be back on Lamar Miller. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of, you know, like him before the draft versus him after the draft. He's a loser because he, he lost. Yeah. He, he, he gained, they gained Deontay Foreman. Sure. I, and I, I would say it's pretty safe that Lamar Miller is not going to see this monster ADP drop in the coming months. Yeah, I would think so. I would think that there's always going to be someone who is still okay with, with getting him. He might tick down a little. I think he's at RB 11 right now. So is that right? RB 10 or 11? I think he, he yeah. could go, go down maybe to, I, I mean, he might bottom out at RB 15, which would be nice. Yeah. Like you could, you could probably be okay taking him there, but even that's a big difference. I mean, you're talking around in the early rounds and that's a, that's a, yeah. it's a big difference. Yes, it is. Opportunity cost wise. Hey, real quick, who is the? I, this has nothing to do with Lamar Miller, but who was the quarterback that Pittsburgh took late in the draft? Oh, Josh Dodds. Yeah, yeah, and Dobbs. He was, yeah, he was taken at the same pick as as, as Dak uh, as Dak last year, right? Yeah, I'm I'm about I'm about that life. I just wanted I just want you to Ooh, know. Look I'm at about, you. I'm about Ben Roethlisberger going down in week six like he always does, and this guy coming in. And taking the league by storm. That's my that's my take right now on that guy. I he, know nothing about him. I just want it to happen. He's pretty he's pretty raw. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting what happens in uh, in week six when Roethlisberger goes down for an injury that everyone thinks is eight weeks long, and it only ends up yeah. being two. Yeah, and we have to hear about the drama all week. And but you know who excels when Roethlisberger goes down is the true wide receiver one in Pittsburgh, Martavis Bryant. Boom, boom. Yeah. All right, Denny, let's get to the questions because we have some. First one is from at Clark with an E, 3179. How good for your brand will it be when Mitch Trubisky is a bust? What do you mean? I mean, oh, you mean, like, oh, wait. It, well, we're not really like saying you should never take a quarterback early in the NFL draft. Yeah, the NFL draft, definitely not. That's not what. But <laughs> but I would not have taken Mitch. I would not be doing what the Bears did. That's oh, did sure. you see that that clip with Gruden where Trubisky doesn't know what a hard count is? Yeah, dude, Trubisky is a not good prospect. Like, like it's it's kind of scary that they they people are definitely making too big of a deal out of the whole situation because they they didn't give they didn't have to give up a ton. I mean, they gave up too much, but they didn't they didn't give up an extra first or something to get or two firsts or anything like that because they only had to move up one spot. They did get robbed in the deal, but and, and they didn't even have to do it because the 49ers were going to take Trubisky. But like it's not that huge of a of a deal. The bigger deal is that they told Mike Lennon that he was going to be the quarterback like of the future and then Mike Lennon got mad online and, and yeah, I don't blame him, but uh uh he did get 15 million, right? So, can't hurt that much. Yeah. Uh yeah, Trubisky um reminds me of Tannehill only worse. Uh be, be, I mean the inexperience Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't know i mean he like in that conversation with gruden it was alarming it was alarming what he didn't know and what he was like smiling and nodding about when other quarterbacks would be more engaged i as a if i were a bears fan well first of all i would never be but if i were a bears fan, bears fan i would be uh you know just terribly depressed this next one is from at 21 chooch st says hair gel or hair paste that's easy for me where, where, where do you go? Paste. Uh, I mean, if you're going to a 90s theme party, then you got to go with the gel. But if yeah, sure, sure. If you just want to look like a like a you know like a solid, good solid head of hair, then go with the paste. Yeah, like an adult. 
Next one, at Hat Inspector. He says, why isn't Denny more excited about Carolina's new defensive back? Have you have you heard about this, Denny? Elder Corn? No, Corn Elder. Corn Elder. <laughs> His first name is Denny's favorite food, for God's sake. That is, it's an incredible name. First of all, corn's not my favorite food. I just want to put that out there. You know what? Matt Harmon had a press conference today about you should you need to do that. And actually, yes, yes, yeah. you need you need to do that. And you can play his newest album from from Boy Young Boy in the background while you do it. I, I will do that. So just for those of you who don't know, Matt Harmon, our friend from NFL.com, he had a press conference today. I'm not not kidding. A press conference where he declared himself no longer the head of Brussels Sprout Twitter. I need to do the same and say I am no longer at the head of Corn Twitter, whatever that is. I it is it is a I don't I don't love Corn that much. <laughs> so, so this player this player for the Panthers, uh, it is an interesting name. I have to say, he is not my favorite player, uh, and I am not all that excited about it. This next one is from at Adrian underscore Charlie. This is for you, Denny. He says. My hair grows quickly and my wife enjoys short hair. How often should I get a haircut? She threatened to leave me. <laughs> well, look, if I, know any, if I know anything, it's about how to get your wife not to leave you. So let me tell you this. Uh, I mean, if, if your haircut is relatively inexpensive uh, and close by, that and by the way, mine are neither of those things. I take out a second mortgage and I have to go an hour to get my haircut. Um, if if those two if you check those two boxes, then I say you get your haircut every three to four weeks. I'm not kidding. I used to do that. That's that's three a lot. Weeks. That's a lot. I mean, but if you know if the if your wife likes it and you don't want her to leave, then you got to do it. Got to do what you got to do. Fair, fair. Next one is at they call me M U R Mur. Is James caught? <laughs> <laughs> is James Conner a good handcuff for Le'Veon owners in Dynasty? And WTF are the Jets doing with their wide receivers? Decker on his way out. James Conner is going to be the handcuff, yes. Uh, I would draft him, and he's the man. Uh, what are the Jets doing with their wide receivers? No one knows what the Jets are doing, period. Uh, Decker could be on his way out. We'll see. Please. Yeah, honestly, we need to get him out of there. Next one, at Zach P. Dennis. When are you going to race? Yeah, uh, why have we done that? This is like two years running now, no pun intended. It, it's it's no. like, like we need we need to just do it. But we're, like we're our, not our, ta- well, we're not together. We're not racing like like we're racing in terms of like I'm in in North Carolina and you're in Maryland and we'll video it and we'll measure it to make sure it's accurate and that kind of thing. But I don't know if we'll ever be able to race unless we're just you... like hammered drunk in at an FSTA conference or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'll be fun. My jeans will be too tight. I, I won't be able to race. <laughs> yes. uh, are, are, so are you, wait, is your leg all healed up? You said that you had a leg situation. That's right. I did. It was my piriformis muscle in my butt, which was giving me the, the, the problems. Any runners who have dealt with that, it sucks. But, but it's, it's pretty much healed. I am going to my first ever physical therapy session tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Oh, really? Yeah. To, to help. To help fix it. It's more of like a, I just want to make sure I'm doing things right. Cause it is healing. And like, I ran, like I ran three miles today back at my normal pace and stuff. So I think I'm, I'm pretty much back to normal. You're going to the ass doctor. That's nice. I'm going to the <laughs> ass doctor tomorrow morning, man. I had to move meetings and they're like, why are you moving this meeting? I was like, dude, I got to go to the ass doctor. Ass doctor. I got, I got a hurt ass. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what do you want me to do? It's an ass doctor, man. What? Like people don't understand. There's this muscle in your ass that can completely like, 
ruin the rest of your leg and lower back. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. And it was giving me knee. It was giving me knee issues. A muscle in my butt was giving me knee issues. What? Oh, I I, I want a, I want an NFL player to have this problem so that they so there can be a Roto World blurb on. <laughs> and then I will I will retweet it just say, just in all caps. I had this. I know how yeah. long it takes to heal. It hurts like hell, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's not not great. It's not fun. Uh, next one at K of the world. How do you view the Chiefs trade up for a quarterback? Right move, wrong draft. Um, I never will trade up. Trading up for a quarterback is dumb. But can can I say mm-hmm. the Browns got a free first round pick in this draft because the Chiefs decided to trade up, or sorry, because the Texans decided to trade up and get Deshaun Watson at twelve. And then the Browns go in the second round and get Deshaun Kaiser, who could easily be a better quarterback at the NFL level than Deshaun Watson. Can we, can we just like realize? And and if you guys want to hop on the Browns bandwagon, it's perfectly fine. But you should have done it like a year ago when we were all talking about this, because the yeah. Browns are doing smart things, and it's amazing. It's when the analytics hit. That's what that's what happens. It's so, so good. It's yeah. so good. I really hope it doesn't turn out to be like a 76ers situation, but we'll see what happens. Oh, God, please, no. But you know what? I think analytics have been proven by five-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots who yeah, right. subscribe to analytics. And uh, even though uh, their head coach pretends like he's never been on a computer before. so Seriously. Next one, at Maddie Matt E. He says, attending a wedding soon and want to give want to give something good. What are the most unconventionally spectacular wedding gifts you received or given? Um, I, I have a short answer for this. Um, it's not unconventional. I'm sorry, I can't come up with that right now. My answer would be just straight cash. Yeah. I'm serious. Totally. I, when when we got married, I, you know, I would open a, an extremely nice crystal bowl or some shit and i would look at it and go <laughs> I, oh my god this thing must have cost three hundred dollars that would have been great <laughs> it's, it's gonna this bowl this bowl is gonna be amazing for my vomit to fill in while i watch football on sunday yeah or once a year we'll be able to put christmas uh cookies in it you know like <laughs> like i don't so you know my answer to when what should i get for the wedding just get cash. Young couples getting married, they want and need money. Just give it to them. Yes, that's that's usually my go-to is just to give that. But then if if you can somehow get something that's like incredibly unique, that just like comes to your mind, do it. Because we have friends in Cincinnati where we used to live who were at our wedding. And the, the three couples uh, got – I think I told this story before – they, one of them were moving and their, um, their real estate agent was Dick LeBeau's son. Mm. And they, they got Dick LeBeau to sign a football and say like, best wishes, JJ and Amanda, like blah, blah, blah. And they gave it to, and they had it framed as a Dick LeBeau photo and like the football's framed and stuff. And it was like, like that, like I almost started like sobbing. It was awesome. Like, cause it was, it's that so, is- it's so sentimental, right? Like, it's crazy that you could think, and not only that, these people worked with my wife so it was even like like they knew me well because I've gotten to know them and stuff. But it was through like it was my wife's work friends kind of. I mean, we're like best friends with some of them. But like even still, it's like, holy crap. It's the best part about that football, though. I think I tweeted it before, but it says JJ and Amanda. Mm-hmm. And the JJ is in quotes, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like it's, like it's, like it's not my real name. JJ, if that's your real name. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> it was so ridiculous. Uh, that's um, funny. Yeah, can I ask you a question? Uh, follow up. Has your wife left you since then? <laughs> not yet. She's still, no, not still yet. with me. Still with me. Okay. Uh, next one. At DDaily1985, can JJ reflect on the wealth of emotions that came with the James Conner pick by the Steelers? Mm. I, I, I talked about this on my podcast, the Late Round Podcast, which you guys can go subscribe to. You can search for Number Fire NFL Podcast on iTunes, and you can subscribe to that thing. But that will do more justice, but I'll tell you that it was it – was, it's really cool, man. Like, that's the kind of stuff that – we joke about how nothing matters and stuff like in, in sports, especially because we're talking about a game about a game and realistically, none of the analysis that I do will ever matter. But like I said on the show, in that moment, you realize that sports kind of matter because you're seeing, you're seeing these dreams fulfilled by a guy who almost died, who, Mm -hmm. who was going through chemotherapy, who would do chemo and then go to practice just hours later. And he had that Mm -hmm. surgical mask on and he was showing everyone that he was just like them, despite the fact that he had just gotten chemo treatments. And there was an interview that I saw before talking to the nurses that, that cared for him. And the nurse said that when people got the chemo treatment that he did, they would be knocked out for 24 hours. And James Mm -hmm. Conner got up and out and went to fricking practices and was running around. It's just like, for him to, to fall to the, go to the Steelers and play at the same field that he played college at, it's just an unbelievable story. It is. It's incredible. It's an incredible display of will. It's like, you know, you hear it's like the stories you hear of like a person lifting a car that is that is like run over a, a, a child. Yeah, like they right. have so much adrenaline in their body that they can just do the superhuman thing. It it's re, it reminds me of that. I mean, it might be even more amazing man yeah yeah and he's doing it over and over and over again you know like he's he's going to these practices he's doing it all the time it's crazy i mean you like you get your body poisoned and then you go play an extremely physically demanding sport oh it's it's insane if i had an ounce of of his courage i would not be doing this podcast with you well you'd be running through your butt injury that's for sure I mean, <laughs> so true. Have. Why am I? I'm, I'm complaining about my piriformis muscle, and James Connors going to practice after taking chemo treatments. Like, what is wrong with me? Jesus, JJ. Uh, next one at Keenan Mahoney in a Dino rookie draft. Do you take the best player, or do you focus on your team's needs, given they are not always the same? Okay, all right. Okay, Keenan. <laughs> okay. Keenan, there's no such thing as best player available. Whoa! Wow, my mind is blown. There's no such thing as best player. I did a I did a 15 minute podcast on this, but in fantasy football, there is no such thing as best player. You have to do some sort of analysis to know which position is most important in fantasy football. So to answer your question, you take a running back or wide receiver, and you take the one that you like the most based on analysis that you've done. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Next one at Shocker Manor. He says, Dynasty rookie draft, assuming Davis goes 1.01, who goes 1.02, Fournette or McCaffrey? Do you have a take on this, Denny? Oh, well, I would take McCaffrey over Fournette. I don't like Fournette's situation at all. I think I would go McCaffrey too, especially if it's a PPR draft. Next one at Hans Machine. He says, Justin Perillo was waived by the Bears, just saying. Podcast question What is the real reason Denny's wife left him? Um, I would say, you know what? Uh, <laughs> she she caught a glimpse of a Periscope I did. I, I swear <laughs> this is real, okay? I'm not joking. So she, I think it was the Periscope I did. Um, 
Mm, gosh, I can't remember which one it was. Oh, it was about the uh, the cookie, the one where I was eating the cookie. Oh, the peep one. I was in that one. Yeah, yeah, right. You were you were commenting as as you were watching hockey. Yeah. And uh, I and she was like, I I can't take your like your takey Denny thing. And so then <laughs> then she left. So I think I think that that put her over uh, you know o- over the edge. Uh, I have to say though, getting back to hockey, like you know you were watching hockey. Um, uh, this is the time of year, you know, as we do every year, where, you no, know, I know your guy Crosby's hurt. I get, I know that. I know. Uh, but we we get to um, let's see, pretend that the Capitals are in it to win it, right? <laughs> I mean, every year we do, every day, every week we have to do this thing, you know. And look, the, I, there are 16 Capitals fans in the Washington area. They're all very excited. In, in, in when the team peaks in February. And then by this time of year, they're all down in the mouth. I was at a bar the other day where where someone said, oh, "I'm never watching them again." They were down, they were down o two. Are they now down o three? Uh, no, because they. So last night, Denny. So Crosby gets hurt, right? He has mm-hmm. a he has concussion. He's like the Jordan Reed of hockey players, except he's the best in the world, like in terms of concussions. Mm-hmm. And he gets he he gets hurt. He falls to the ice, and it was a borderline dirty play. I'm not going to comment on that because everyone's just going to call me a homer. And then the Pens were down 2-0, 2-0 in the game with like three minutes left. They pull the goalie, they score, and then 48 seconds later, they scored again to tie it up. What? And Capitals fans on Twitter, everyone on Twitter is just like, oh my God, this is the most Capitals thing ever. But then the Capitals went and won in overtime. So yeah, it's it's 2-1. So it's still, I mean, the Pens are going to be without Crosby. We'll see what happens. I'm not like overly optimistic, but... It'll be nice that when the Capitals win the Stanley Cup, all of the players' names will have asterisks by them. Don't wait a second. Wait, wait. Don't reverse <laughs> jinx this. You don't need to. Re- this is the Capitals, okay? These are the. You don't need to reverse jinx. They, they will jinx themselves. They're not going anywhere. Trust me on this. I know hockey. If I know, I know hockey. Uh, this next one is from at FF Strats. Thoughts on Hunt to the Chiefs? We already talked about that. He says he looks slow AF on tape. Yeah, his biggest concern is he ran a four six two forty, and so his speed score is not very good. But his his production's there. I think that he'll be fine. The next question is at PJB four three four. Is there really a diff- a difference between Spearmint and Coleman? Spearmint and Coleman. Yeah, I mean, my gut wants to say yeah, there is, yeah. but I don't know. I I the problem is I can't think of like the Coleman taste right now. Spearmint, there's definitely a d- distinct spearmint taste. Well, spearmint, I think of uh, th- that gum that uh, you think of. Gr- you think what color do you think when you think spearmint? I think of green. Yeah, you think green. What color do you think of when you think of cool mint? Cool mint is blue. Right. So you're 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 clearly eating different colors, and okay. you're probably tasting different colors too. So we'll say that there is a distinct difference between the two. Am I, if I'm tasting colors, am, am I on acid? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what's happening in this scenario? <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. It's at okay. take spelled correctly. T-T-A-E-K. Oh, good, good. For granted. He says, keep one. Prior in the 10th, Carr in the 12th. Nope. Martavis in the 10th. Yeah, Martavis. I dig, I dig prior over Martavis. Wait, prior in the what? 10th. They're both in the 10th. Oh, mm. Martavis is doing question marks. Why do you why do you hate Martavis? What, what do you mean? It, what, is he going to get suspended again? I mean, you never know what's going to happen with Martavis Bryant. He just missed a year because he's loves weed. 
Uh, Actually, no, it was, it was a lot of other stuff. I, I just, I don't, I don't necessarily trust Martavis uh, Bryant. I think Terrell Pryor could be a top 10 wide receiver this year. Wow. I mean, God, I'm old enough to remember when I was the truther on, on Pryor. Oh, wow. dude, you have, uh, I have been, I've, every podcast I've gone on this off season, I, I try to slip in that I think Terrell Pryor can be a top 10 wide receiver this year. I mean, I, I'm all I'm all about it. Please feed me more of this, but whew, that's so, hot. I, I'll I'll get into that in another episode. Next one at Mad A Ross says, "What happens to the Fisher Gift Library?" It goes to the Library of Congress. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've already submitted it. Yeah, it's gone. That's why you guys haven't seen a Jeff Fisher gift in such a long time. Next one at Ol underscore Prisky takes on Big Milk. Takes on big milk. Yeah. Do you drink? Um, did, are you are you a milk drinker? I I am. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't have it every day. I would say I probably drink milk three days a week. I don't know. What do you never drink it? I drink all, almond milk. Almond milk, right? Yeah. Uh, my wife who left me uh, drinks almond milk, but uh, I I don't I don't I love say almond drink. Milk. I just put it in like cereal and stuff. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, I understand that there's a segment of the population, the, the milk-hating segment, who says that adults would not, like, adults should never have milk because it was only made for babies. Is that? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's also just a weird thing when you think about it, milk. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's got to be better than juice. Juice is the worst thing you could possibly drink besides, you know, beer. <laughs> Besides what? Oh, beer? Did you say? Like, yeah, beer. Like, I thought you said I, ear. I was oh, like, what ear. is what? <laughs> no, I mean, ju- juice is just is just this uh, horrific sugar packed water. That's true. That, That's very you know, true. No one should drink juice. But no, I don't. I don't have any takes on big milk. I don't think big milk is is taking over the way that other other. Like like the way that big floss is, for instance. Oh no, no, nothing is as ruthless or insidious as big floss. Let's just yeah. say that. Next one at Mark Quesnel one. Are you guys part of the million strangely on the Browns bandwagon? It's not strange. It's not strange at all. It's not strange. It's it's logical. They're doing things logically. It's like play like, like fans have become so used to teams trying to build a team in two years. And that, because then you know that after two years, the team fails and they get rid of everyone on the staff. And the Browns are uh-huh. like, you know what? We're going to have a long-term approach on this. We're going to gather draft picks. We're going to actually build a team. And people are like, no, this is so wrong. What are they doing? They're so stupid. They're the Browns. They're just the Browns. They won one game last year. Like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah, no, we, we want it to work because it's the opposite of what everybody else is doing, like the, like the Rams say. Yeah. Okay. Like I want the Rams to fail, right? I, you know, I mean, there are lots of teams that I want to fail just because of the way they they approach team building, but I, I very much want the Browns to do well. Maybe not this, and it, it probably won't happen this year. I 2019, mean, roster, 2019, they're making the playoffs. Yeah, they're, I mean, their roster still kind of sucks, but and, and and there's the quarterback issue, right? Sure. I mean, they don't have a they don't have a quarterback. So, next one hey. is. Next one is at the FF Whisperer. With JJ having his own new talk show, I motioned for Denny to have one of his own too. A show where Denny gives takes and ends with sips and ends with sips of random IPAs. Denny, you got to start a show. Guys, listen, listen, listen. We need to start a movement on Twitter, and it's hashtag Get Denny a Show. 
So if you listen, if you listen to this podcast after you're done listening, send us the start tweeting with the hashtag get Denny a show. And while you do it, just tweet tweet random pictures of anything. Like it could be it could be Derek Carrier with no hair. It could be right. random pictures of Denny. Just anything. Get hashtag get Denny a show. We uh, need to make it happen. I don't know if I can if I can muster it. I don't know if I can. You can do it. Next one. At Kyle Simanowitz. Sounds right, right? Yeah, that's a good that's a good try. Is Denden okay with JJ having sex with I mean hosting other podcasts? We already talked I about am. that. I am. Okay, I am. Everything's okay. Next one. At DS underscore Cunningham. <clears throat> Top three favorite cereals. Have Denny write his answer down on a piece of paper and then throw it in the trash. <laughs> I eat I eat what I like to call old women cereal. Fiber packed? Yeah, just completely fiber packed. So you I have eat, to eat it while while you're on the toilet. Yeah, I eat every I actually pretty much every morning. Sometimes I have oatmeal, but every morning I'll eat fiber yeah. with my almond milk. Yeah. That that's my take uh, on cereal. Cereal cereal is one of the worst things you can like actually like like bad cereal is like one of the worst oh. things you can put in your body. It's horrible. Yeah. My uh my parents were not strict on anything as far as eating and drinking, but they would refuse to let me have uh, any kind of sugary cereal. I ate plain Cheerios and I would like it. Yeah. That was it. It's it's not good for you. Uh, next one, at Alex Powers Music. Have you ever laughed at a Geico commercial? And if so, how do you live with yourself? <laughs> I just say the, 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 the Jason Wooten Geico commercial is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are really bad. Some of them I might smirk at, but they're not good enough that I remember any of them right now. So no. Next one, at Noah underscore Shore. Is the best strategy this year to just pick the best players? <laughs> oh. Always yeah. the best strategy, guys. Just pick the right. You know what? Forget about streaming. Forget about drafting your quarterback late. Just pick the just pick the best guys. Someone should have a podcast where they're like, and welcome to today's show. What I'm doing this year is picking the best player. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they just do that every week. Just every week. Over and over. Every week. Actually, that, that reminds me. You ever see that uh, that one uh, Tumblr? And it's it's da- a picture of Dave Coulier every day. Oh, and it's what? and it's you remember you know Uncle Joey yeah. from Full House. It's uh-huh. it, literally every single day. It's the same picture of Dave Coulier wearing this sweater, and they just post the same exact picture of Dave Coulier <laughs> every single day. It's pretty, pretty good. good. It's good. Next one at JPDVT. How does draft strategy change keeper league if you've traded for additional high draft picks? More willing to invest in elite quarterback or tight end or nah? Yeesh. I'm wait in one quarterback for, no no I mean like like all your like if you have higher draft picks that just means that you're gonna have better wide receivers and running backs unless you have like 45 draft picks in the first three rounds which in, in, a, in a 16 team league then you're still not drafting quarterbacks and tight ends yeah Maybe I mean end, but if it's a one if it's a one quarterback format especially or one tight end format then um, no, I don't really see uh, a need to, to, to do that. This next one is at Chris underscore Seawick quick. He says, on what date do the Christian Michael truthers declare him a fantasy sleeper for the sixth straight year? Wait a second. Now, I have I have an issue with this Christian Michael stuff because I know the haters and the losers of whom there are many. Uh, 
they they love they love this uh their opportunity to dig in on C Mike Truthers to be oh he was cut by Green Bay he's over it's over and he never panned out he was terrible I don't know how short our memories are our collective memories but my memory goes back this far I'll, I'll tell you JJ I I remember a lot and I remember one season ago Kristen Michael was available at the end of drafts in August. And he, for eight weeks, he was a top fantasy running back option. So I'm not going to say he was a league winner because I don't like that term. But um, he, it worked out. It worked out, okay? Just because he was cut and he's been traded and, and thrown around the league like a rag doll uh, 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 doesn't, doesn't mean anything because he never cost anything. He never right. co- his cost has never been high. You just kind of grab him and hope it works out. And if it does, then great. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I'm going to say it's going to be the date. is. I'm going to say August 13th when he signs with the team after an injury. Yeah, no, I'm, I'll, I'll write that article. Yeah. All right, Denny, this is the big question that I, I know is going to ca- – we're not going to be able to get to all these questions because we have a lot of them. Uh, and and uh, this one I think we should just we should just end on because it's going to start a discussion. Okay. There's no doubt okay. this is going to... If you guys had good questions and I favorited your tweets, I'm sorry. Send them again for the next episode. We have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. This is from at KLOK, L-O-Q, 831. They say, within shower toothbrushing or before slash after? Do you brush your teeth in the shower? No. Or before I, or I after? Don't. No, no. Regularly, on the regular, I do not brush my teeth in the shower because I'm not a sociopath. But I have. I did one time, and that was when my wife's water broke. Oh uh, in in the uh, uh, it was two o'clock in the morning um, uh, on a winter day, winter night, and she said, uh, "I think my water broke." And I looked, and I saw that the, yes, indeed, your water broke. <laughs> So you know what though? I'm gonna be a lot of, and I'm a disaster. I'm a greasy, disgusting disaster right now. I need to take a shower. I ran in the shower, got in the shower. I realized I, my my mouth tasted disgusting. I grabbed my toothbrush. I did actually brush my tooth my teeth while I was shampooing my hair. If you can imagine that. So you you uh, took a shower after your your wife's water broke? Oh yeah, because you don't have to. I mean, the doctors told us you don't have to rush. Okay. okay. You don't have to like get. You don't have to like. I didn't. I. I have. I haven't had a child. I don't know how immediate it is. Yeah. No. I mean, I would have thought before that experience. I would have thought that you have to like run to the car and go eighty miles an hour to. Sure. Because uh, that's what that's what trip. every movie tells you. Yeah. Right. Like a zany montage. Like. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, right. Dun. Right. But no, no. It's it's more like you know, you, you know, you shouldn't dilly dally, but you go ahead. So anyway, I did that once. I also I brush my son's teeth in the shower pretty much every night. So I think I am actually raising. Uh, an American psycho by doing that. I just, I, I can't, I can't fathom an adult. Like what, what, what you, are you trying to save time or what you're, you're trying to save two minutes of time by brushing your teeth in the shower rather than, because here's the other thing too. When you brush your teeth normally before or after. So I wake up in the morning. I actually don't shower until after I go to the gym, but I'll wake up and I'll brush my teeth, but you can do other things while you're brushing your teeth. You can move around and move things around that need decluttered. You can do other things. You don't have to kill two birds. Like, of all the things to multitask, why are you multitasking with showering and brushing your teeth? It doesn't make any sense to me. You have to be like a, 
an uber, uber busy person to have to resort to doing something like that. Well, you know what you sound like uh, right now? You sound like a person who works at home. Who doesn't have to uh, get his ass out of bed and and on the road, you know? Uh, I'm not saying you have to get out of bed. I have to get out of bed as well. I work at home, but um, but you know that that pressure. Uh, also, people set their alarms so that they have no minutes to spare. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Let's talk about that. Are you a multiple alarm person? Um, not usually. I don't. I, I don't understand that either. How people need like people set forty five alarms in the morning to get out of bed like like rise and grind get <laughs> that's right get, get up and realize that the world sucks but you got to do it anyway right just yeah yeah but uh um I I used to be a multiple alarm person because I hated my job so much but not no okay. longer. Okay. Maybe that's, maybe that's the trick. I haven't hated my job for, I mean, I have days where I hate it, but I overall haven't had that feeling in a while. No, I mean like truly, like truly hate, not, not like hate the day or the time of year or whatever. Like genuinely like the thing that you're doing (laughs) all day long. If you hate that, you're going to stay in bed for as long as possible. Yeah. Very fair. All right, Danny, that's it for the questions. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. It's uh, at CD Carter 13 on Twitter and uh, as you may know, if you follow me on the Twitter machine, I have a new, new book called 96 ways to rise and grind. Um, and so check that out. It's in my, it's in my Twitter profile. You should buy one because you love me. I love you. I bought one. I know I have one. And my, my dog was actually sleeping on it on the couch before I got on this podcast. I thought it was some sort of sign. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at late round QB. Please, please, please do me a favor. Since you listen to this podcast, you supported both Denny and I and and me specifically in this, in this case, please go and search for number fire NFL podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever. And you will be able to find my podcast, the late round podcast. And you can listen to it. I publish three of them or so a week. So look for that. Otherwise, thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about